Hey everyone and welcome back to the Weekly Awakening Podcast. It is your host Cosmic Colleen and I'm back with another interview episode. I know you guys are proud of me because I have been coming in strong with these at the end of this year and I'm going to finish out this episode with my guest Luna who is in British Columbia right now. Say hello Luna. Hi. (laughs) Thank you for joining us. It is 11 a.m. there, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. How's your Monday morning going for you? Good. Yeah. Not, um, nothing too eventful yet, but we'll see. We'll see where the day goes. Okay, good, good. All right. So I wanted to bring on to finish out this episode, another astro babe. And I think we found each other. I don't know who first, but on astrology. And I really love everything about Luna's vibe and, um, like, dark, mysterious, eccentric, you know, and we're talking about her placements. And I think just by saying this, you might get an idea, but you'll definitely see her pictures and stuff on my social media. We got a Pisces sun, uh, Scorpio rising and a Leo moon. So how has, so with Scorpio risings, those that have been listening to my show know that the eclipse season has been happening and now we're pretty much done with that. How did this play out for you? Oh my God. (laughs) I'm like, we're getting real personal. We're just jumping right there. (laughs) Well, the first set of eclipses, um, because it's falling into my first and seventh house, I, you know, which is first house, house of self, seventh house, like your partner and your love life and stuff like that. And also being on the Taurus Scorpio axis, having to do with my physical body, but also how I make money and how my partner makes money. Yeah. Um, so first round of eclipses, I basically felt like I was dying. (laughs) I was like, is this the end of my life? Um, I, Leo rules the back. Uh, so my, my back started like acting up and I was having this like psychedelic experience where I realized that I had to start dedicating myself, um, to, to getting stronger in my body, um, which I think is a very first house yes. eclipse transit um, where I'm needing to actually like really dedicate and focus on like creating a new body. Yes. Um, so I have been doing that because I'm a circus artist and a dancer. So this stuff is pretty big in my world. And then also just uh, things with finances with my partner and how we make money and just different themes of our relationship coming up and never having any like worried about breaking up. Like that's, we, we've been together for six years and he's the yeah. love of my life, and, but definitely like navigating some changes and just like the biggest portal ever. <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm really grateful for astrology because I feel like it's really helped me understand what is happening, why it's happening and when it's going to end. So a lot of times, you know, when I'm teaching students about astrology or or whatever is, I really feel that it's not something that's like for fun anymore. It's actually almost like a lifeline and it's actually a lifestyle of understanding my life and how to, to navigate all of the times. And so when I'm going through things that are more challenging, I actually feel like a deep sense of trust and peace and knowing that it's going to end and it's just a transit and this is what I need to do. And this is the positive effects and this could be the negative effects and that it's just all part of the greater story unfolding. Wow. (laughs) You just said that so beautifully. Like I wish I, well, I was almost said, I wish I had that on recording, but I do. And, (laughs) and like, I, I agree. What I love is just knowing that um, eventually the plan, you know, eventually things cycle out and they change and they shift and the planets and watching that in your daily life, it, you really do gain such a trust with the universe as you're following it and gaining that awareness and watching it ebb and flow through the cycle of life. Totally. I'm super grateful, especially recently. I like, I've been studying astrology obviously for many, many years, but something switched um, recently where I'm just like, this is literally saving my life. (laughs) It is. I mean, it's like such a tool that has been around for a very, 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 very long time that people have used, you know, to understand their life, you know, our ancestors, a very long time. Totally. I mean, it's it's the language of the universe. Mm -hmm. So for those who care to understand the language of the universe, it is the closest thing that I've experienced. That is that direct connection to God that actually provides a really grounded explanation. And, you know, I have my son conjunct Saturn in oh, Pisces. Oh, interesting. 
So I'm very much looking for a grounded sense of spirituality and why things manifest in the physical with this metaphysical. So uh, it it really helps me. (laughs) And I feel as though, well, first, I feel as though um, with a Saturn, you know, your son can drag Saturn and um, with that Pisces, like I'm listening to your circus performance, right? Or not listening, but listening to you talk about that. And all of a sudden I just saw that like this beautiful Pisces poetic art, but also like you have to be sort of like constructive and precise, you know, which is very Saturn. And you are about to start a Saturn return then. Yes, I am. (laughs) How do you feel about that? Um, well, you know, when I was talking about it with my teacher, he was telling me, he's like, I think you're going to have a really good Saturn return. Yeah. And I have this weird battle between whole sign house system and quadrant base house systems with porphyry because I, I grew up, I grew up learning about whole sign houses and learning from like an ancient divinatory standpoint. And so I was like, okay, sun and Pisces, you know, in the fifth house, like that, that makes sense for me with Saturn there. And then when I looked at my porphyry, I saw that it was in the fourth house and I was like, holy shit, like this is crazy. And you'll, you'll totally understand this because I, so sun conjunct Saturn and Pisces in the fourth house. I, before I became an astrologer and a, and a witchcraft mentor, this is what I do full-time as my career. Um, I was working in homeless shelters, wow. helping people with substance and abuse and addiction find home. Wow. So I literally had a fucking heart attack when I saw that. Cause I was like, geez, like this, like how, how did I not not, like this is the literal can be a literal explanation of what someone literal. can do for work. And so that really got me. Um, <laughs> wow. And so I'm still like trying to understand because fifth house also makes sense with my creativity yeah. and I'm very seen in my self-expression and I have this relationship with children. And, you know, so I, I don't know if that Saturn return is going to end up being more fourth house or more fifth house, but honestly, I resonate with both because I moved to this uh, new town. I lived in Bali for the past couple of years. I randomly came back to my hometown, fourth house or, you know, home, home country. Um, And I'm really like finding home for the first time in this house that needed so much work done on it. Saturn, you know, needed so much work. And I just, it was kind of like this antique house that just needed all this love put into it. So I really feel like I'm building this foundation. But then if I look at fifth house stuff, I'm like deeply immersed in this creative performance community in this new town. And I'm also working to heal my body and my self-expression. So I, it's really, I'm not Interesting. sure. Actually. Interesting. Um, I'm not sure what the fuck is going on, but <laughs> I do resonate with, with both of it. And I know that if, you know, my son Saturn was in the third house, I don't think I would resonate with that. Yeah. And if it was in the sixth house, I don't think I would resonate with that. What what is your take on house systems and have you had well, this I was gonna s- Okay, not yet. So I studied and really launched into ancient astrology and Hellenistic astrology, so the whole sign house and I studied with uh Nightlight Astrology. Oh, that's Adam Elvis. Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, then we yeah, so then we're on the same, you know, a lot of what you're saying is I know. So then you understand. And so I haven't yet jumped, you know what I mean, into that. I've just sort of put my um full focus because for me it makes the most sense. I have ADHD, which really I like to say I have like five, you know, mercury placements. What I've noticed is people with ADHD have a ton of mercury, you know, one thing I've put together. So for me, it really made it simple just to look at it. You know what I mean? Just to see it all and it's not confusing. Like one house, one sign, one house, one sign. And it's sort of, you know, it makes sense. So I started studying with him in 2018 and I'm still really in that process, but I'm also open to as, you know, this is a for you know forever, never ending wormhole. I'm open to it. And a quick story, I got this a couple years ago. I had someone make me this painting of my astrology chart and I messaged it to them and I was like, I would like a whole sign, like this painting to be my whole sign chart and it did not come that, you know? And I, for like two minutes, I was really mad about it. This is like maybe two years ago. And I was like, for like, like a second, you know what I mean? I was like, you know what? Okay, I have to trust that maybe this is just showing me the universe that I need to be open of other ways of taking in this information one day. 
Well, it's really easy to tell the story that, you know, you have, you're like, when you first find out about astrology, you're like, holy shit, this is me. Like, I've been waiting for this permission. I've been looking for guidance. I've been wanting some support like in my life. And now I finally got it. So it is kind of soul shattering to be like, well, actually you're also this. And it's like, what really? And then, you know, I went down deep rabbit holes with Chris Brennan and all these podcasts about house division and it's super nerdy, dry stuff, you know, um, but it's really fascinating. And I think it's the only thing to astrology that does make me a little bit crazy. So I understand why you've, you know, trusted Adam's yeah. um, whole sign system and, one, and just been like, yeah. <laughs> and one thing he always says in his classes and teachings is like, keep it simple. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and that's what I think drew me to that ancient is like keeping it simple because we can get a thousand different meanings, interpretations with it simple. And sometimes I think when we start and now I'm just talking about adding in asteroids and everything else. Sometimes I think then you can always sort of grab the answer you're looking for. And it's kind of almost like makes it clouds it up in my vision now but again i'm always open to shifting and changing and evolving as as i go into this what got you into astrology i mean it clearly you've said you've been into a lot of things i'm really interested about this path you know this pisces uh sun path you have (laughs) right yeah the me too well i i feel like I feel like I always resonated with being a Pisces and I thought that was just that was just how I was. And you know it's so funny I met this guy. I was on a very Canadian party. I was at this barn party in the snow and um it just knee deeps. This is all very new for me by the way. Um, I was just <laughs> sipping coconuts like not that. In Bali, now you're in the snow. <laughs> Yeah, um I'm just in this really creative like festival town right now. Oh cool. It's unbelievable. I'm obsessed. Wait, but what's anyways, it called? Like, Nelson, British Columbia? Yeah, okay. it's a small town of 10,000 people, oh but it's God. literally just, it's like the coolest vibe I've ever experienced. It's, I'm obsessed. Oh, amazing. Um, <laughs> I went to this punk market yesterday. I I know it's, we're not going to see the the audio or the visual, yeah. but I went to this punk market and I had to buy this little doll I am like, so- oh, that's cute. That is so cute. Here, I'm wait, I'm going to so take a obsessed. picture of it on here. Who's <laughs> show it? Oh, that is so cute. I it's love a it. Really sad pumpkin uh, head with a doll, like wearing a black dress. Anyways, that feels it's very a weird sun. Vibe here. That feels very like, you know, sun can drunk Saturn. Totally, 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 totally. It's and I have Pluto on my uh, BC line oh, in wow. astrocartography. Anyways, so I was talking to this guy on the dance floor, and um, you know he thought it was super cool that I was an astrologer, and and we're just chatting. And then um, I asked what his sign was, and normally I can guess, but I I got it on the second guess actually. Oh, good. He was an Aries, and I said, "Do you know what it means to be an Aries?" And he said, no, I don't, I don't really know. I know it's fiery and I know it's, it's intense and stuff. And he's like, but that's obviously me because like, I've been an Aries my whole life. (laughs) And I was like, wow, this is so interesting that this person just totally resonates with being an Aries. And he actually has no idea what it means. And that's kind of what I, I felt my whole life. Um, I, you know, learned that Pisces were sensitive and emotional and intuitive. And I just, kind of that was just what I knew and I thought that astrology was 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 that it was kind of just that simple and basic and I didn't know it was a career I didn't know what was going on with the horoscopes but I knew that there was something there for me when on my lunch breaks in high school I kept running to the Starbucks on the corner to read the the horoscopes about Pisces and I just felt completely seen and completely understood for the first time. And I actually had uh, a girlfriend in high school who was also very alternative. And she was like, you know, looked way too old to be like 15 or whatever. <laughs> and like this hipster girl, we would just walk around in Doc Martens and headphones. I and love it. Hated everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Um, But astrology, (laughs) astrology was our best friend and the Beatles and, you know, and smoking weed. And so we were just studying astrology just for fun because we just thought it helped us. And um, yeah, I was basically in social studies class. So I guess this is grade 10. And uh, the I had this hippie teacher and he said, oh, we're going to go to the library today to listen to a presentation on astrology. The librarian was an astrologer. And I was like, cool. 
what the fuck? I remember yeah. being like, holy shit. Cause anytime I ever talked about astrology, I was so ridiculed for it. Yeah. So we, we went to this presentation and I'm like taking notes ferociously. I'm like, holy shit, this is it. <laughs> like, this is everything. And then I actually started seeing the librarian after school. Um, and I was just like asking her questions and I was just like learning about things. Um, I was just obsessed and I didn't even know that there was a whole birth chart wheel. I didn't even know I was just understanding it all. And so my studies kind of progressed and they went away and, you know, I got ridiculed by boyfriends and my family. So I stopped studying it, studied it in private, went through that whole journey, found out that I was a Leo moon, had a heart attack, <laughs> uh, you know, found out that I was a Scorpio rising and stopped wearing color. <laughs> and there was, there's just a lot of permission slips. I, you know, started getting birth chart readings and, and then, so I was working at the homeless shelters and it was, an amazing job, but really traumatizing, really intense. Yeah. And I was actually doing what I'm doing now with the homeless clients, which was, I was basically doing astrology oh, with wow. them and I would connect with the homeless clients with astrology and I would guess people's signs or I would, you know, I would notice that the volunteer who was always helping clean up, I would ask him if he was a Virgo and then he was, and then he's like, well, can you tell me more about that? And all of a sudden I found myself in this like deeply spiritual service with uh, the, the gangsters of the world and the rapists of the world and the drug dealers and just the lowest state of society, like in this space. And I found myself in that leadership role and I, you know, was like rummaging in the back of the <laughs> shelter, like trying to find people's birthdays and their files. And it's like, maybe this is what wow. I'm supposed to be doing, you know, like if I'm getting these little hints and stuff. And so I basically called my brother one day and I was freaking out and I was like, I, there's just homeless people everywhere. I just need to, he's an Aquarius. I need to like do something else. He's like, well, that's just because you're in the homeless community. You know, you need to get out of the homeless community and into a community that you resonate with. And I was like, well, what? I don't know. Like, he's like, why don't you just be an astrologer or whatever? Like, you love that stuff. And I was like, holy shit, nobody ever said that to me my whole life. Like nobody ever said that I could do whatever I want and be good at it, let alone a family member. And my brother's a doctor. Oh, so it was, you know, I just, I didn't really have that permission. And so since that day, I basically was like, yep, this is what I'm doing. Um, hired Adam with Nightlight Astrology, did the Hellenistic course, a few courses with him and I just never really stopped. So it's been an incredible journey. And I launched my business in 2020. My first year was like a six figure year. Oh, amazing. Hell yeah. Believe it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just been wild. So I, I truly believe that we're, when we're in alignment, that like money and abundance and love and everything just follows. And actually, like, I looked at my chart and I'm like, I have the freaking chart of an astrologer. Like, you yes. know, so. Everything, everything was making sense. So that's my my short answer. <laughs> I love that. That was a beautiful answer. That really does just listen to you talk about working with the homeless clients really does feel like fourth house, you know, like totally. deep in like the the dark, you know, and you got the Pisces sort of, you know, drug addicts. And uh, totally. and, you know, it's interesting with uh, I don't know about you and you're talking about like, OK, when I found out I was a Scorpio rising, I started wearing black. I don't know about you, but I'm a Virgo rising Virgo moon. And for until I started like in high school and I'm a Gemini sun, I really like hated Virgos. Right. In high school, like before I started understanding like astrology. And then I realized once I realized like, you know, the the first house and really the presence that it has on our personality is like, oh, they, they're me, you know, and they're the parts of me I don't always like either. And that's what was triggering. And now I've learned to like almost resonate more with Virgos than I do Gemini's. That's so funny. I met a girl uh, the other day who was Capricorn Sun, Scorpio Moon, Gemini Rising. And she said the same thing. She's like, I hated all these signs. <laughs> and she's like, I just have like the worst trio. But, you know, and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't know. There's something I don't I, I'm a Pisces. Right. So I do. 
I've always had love for every one of the signs. I've yes. always seen beauty in all of them. I can always see people's potential. I can always see more expansion. So I particularly haven't resonated with just not liking something, but I, I totally understand when people are like, oh, like Virgo, like, yeah. or oh, Geminis are crazy. Like, I'm a Gemini. Oh, shit. <laughs> or, you know, and I do think that is like very normal language, but I don't know. I, I think like there is something so unique that all of them have to teach us. And obviously I'm sure you, you know this now, yeah. but you know, like I remember my sister found out she was a Scorpio moon and that was really intense for her, right? Like she had, a she has a lot of darkness um, inside that is kind of masked by her Sag sun. Oh, wow. um, and so it was like a lot for her. She's like, I don't really like Scorpio, you know, and Scorpio is <laughs> like really intense and I have a lot of darkness and this and that, but you know, over time, she just turned 20 years old Aww. over time. She, she, she loves it. Right. And she's like super into it now. So I think we have like evolutions with how we see ourselves, how we see certain signs, how we see other people. And then it kind of all comes together to make a story. Yeah. And it all, you know, it's funny. My kid's father and I, we both are very mutable and placements in my kid. Our kids are very fixed. I'm actually kind of happy with that because I'm like, we were so crazy and chaotic, like our, our, you know, our first 30 some years of life. And now I'm like, okay, hopefully my kids are a little more stable. You know, it took us years or uh, not even years. We never really became stable. I would say we just learned how to function very well amongst the chaos and stability. And maybe it grows with time, you know? And I also kind of think, I don't know if you feel this way, but about the rising sign, and I feel like we almost sort of grow into it. Do you mm. know what I'm saying? Like, do you feel that way too? Like, I feel as though, like, as we get older, as we learn, maybe it's just I feel that way because I, you know, once I started to understand the the rising, I started to see myself more, but sometimes I feel like we like kind of become it more. Or even after our Saturn return, I've noticed with client, you know, I do hair, so I do astrology with a lot of my hair clients too. And clients I've noticed like almost they embody it more. Yeah, I think that this is an interesting concept that I have heard a lot of people speak about. What I've um, also understood about it, I mean, if you think about the rising sign, it's the personality, right? Yeah. So it does make sense that over time we would get more in our personalities. But I've also heard it, um, I can't remember which astrology had this, which astrologer had this concept, but it was more that they said it's a mask that we wear to be accepted in society or to be accepted by other people. And I thought that that was really interesting, interesting. because as a child, my mom would always, she loves telling people that I would, uh, I went through a phase where I would only wear pink. And I would just have this obsession. Anything that was pink was mine. And I would wear dresses and I was very, very girly. And I thought, oh, how interesting. As a little girl, I'm actually embodying the Scorpio rebirth. Huh. So, so I was this innocent child, like youthful. And whenever people would say, oh my God, I love color on you so much. Oh, you're so dark. And whenever you have some color, it's so nice. <laughs> and so that was like reaffirming that I should be wearing color and I'm embodying this rebirth. And I have seen that a lot with Scorpio Risings is they have, they actually dress in only pastel or only pink or only sparkles because mm. they're embodying the rebirth. And as I got older, I realized that I wanted to embody the death. And wow. so I was actually embodying, now I'm very Scorpionic, you know, I have a, a blackout arm <laughs> and, you know, my, I'm completely covered in tattoos that are very mysterious and Gothic and, and dark. I literally have I, witches. I on love me. that. <laughs> and so I, I think that, we we can evolve right so what what is interesting too is that people don't really talk about that with scorpio rising is like they don't no. really recognize that there is that like like gemini is there's that duality there can be like the either or there can be that darkness or that light so i think it really depends on the rising sign and how we relate to it and how we grow into it because a, a virgo rising child is definitely going to be different than a virgo rising adult does that make sense yes yes i feel like when i was a kid uh, my and i have a gemini mercury and i feel like my gemini was very present very you know on top of of all of that and it, every scorpio rising I've known personally has all had black hair I will say that and maybe when they're younger though did you have a different did you try a different hair color in high school oh um, like something yeah, brighter I mean, or like highlights like half and half hair oh cool is, yeah I, and I had pink hair and 
you know, but yeah, my hair, I'm, I'm very like dark, which is a Scorpio rising quality is like dark features, dark skin, dark eyes, dark hair, like a penetrating gaze, regardless if the person is dressing lightly. Yeah. Um, So yeah, it is, it is very diverse, but you know, you talk to someone who's a Gemini rising and they're like, what the hell does that mean? And you're like, well, maybe at some points you were a little boy. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Right. At some points you fucking decided to shave your head and call yourself Jasper. Yeah. And now you're going back to being Clara. I literally have a friend who's done that. So uh, back and forth, she went to from, she was Clara, super feminine, decided to shave her head and then she became Jasper. And then she went back to being Clara, grew out her hair, um, to me, I'm like, that's Gemini. Rising. That is that's so also Gemini. Rising. Gemini sun in some ways. Yes. So yes. yeah, it is like, it's such an interesting language. And I think that the more, you know, I have Mercury in Aquarius and Venus in Aquarius. Yeah. So I'm obsessed with studying people and why people behave the way they do and why they look a certain way. And so I think the more you just know people's rising signs and you ask them questions about their experience and the more you really start to understand uh, how, how it all works like that. Yeah. And I definitely see rising now before I see sun sign with almost every okay. person I meet. I like, and they're like, that's not my sign. I'm like, well, I bet you it's your rising sign, you know, <laughs> like some new clients yeah. and stuff like hair clients, not my astrology clients. So that's sidetrack a little bit to some witchcraft. Cause I know that's also in rituals. I want to talk maybe some good full moon, new moon rituals that you like to maybe can share with our listeners, bring into practice practice totally um i think it is really important to just in general like track the moon um Mm -hmm. it's you can do that like super simply with just like a moon app and you can see like what the moon is in um you know but like today it's it's in leo um i'm pretty sure so then you can kind of like feel the energy is it conjunct your leo moon um, <laughs> well, anytime the moon's in Leo, it's definitely yeah, doing something for sign. me. <laughs> yes. I'm like highlighted, like everything. Um, but yeah, it's close. My, my moon is at five degrees. I think it's at, yeah, it's at 11 degrees. Um, but yeah, so I think that tracking the moon is really important. Understanding the, you know, I'm assuming people who listen to this podcast understand like the Zodiac signs and kind of mixing that, but I think like the relationship to the moon is is very unique to you. And I think like the way that I perceive ritual is not necessarily for just purely manifesting or releasing, which a lot of people will just naturally yeah. go to because I think it's a nice framework. You know, it's a nice framework if you want to manifest on a new moon and you write your intentions and you relate it to the astrology. Okay. It's a let's pretend it's new moon and Gemini and okay, I want to work on my communication skills and blah, blah, blah. And full moon. Okay. Full moon's going to be in Leo or whatever. Let's release any fears around self-expression. I'm going to burn a thing and call it a day. <laughs> I actually believe that ritual can be done at any time and actually should be more intuitively done rather than focus on the cycles of the moon. And what I mean by that is Ritual should feel like a inspirational thing or a a thing to help heal, grow, evolve, have clarity to manifest all of those things. But by becoming aware of what the moon is in, if that makes sense, rather than basing your ritual off the moon cycle. So I think like being naturally in tune with yourself and seeing where the astrological energy is and how that relates to you is just a bonus. Um, But yeah, so for me, like ritual space is a very intuitive experience that I do teach people how to get into. But basically what I do in ritual (laughs) space is really things that are really quite ugly and things that are actually not super accepted in society. And they mix a lot of embodiment practices. So you know, would you be willing to share any of them that you're comfortable with? Totally. Totally. Okay, cool. So, Don't leave us hanging. (laughs) So let's say um, I'm trying to think of something that would be more intense. Like, let's say uh, my partner expresses that he's interested in a woman. 
or yeah. something. Yeah. And that that's all, you know, he's just like, and that like brings up a lot in me, you know, that just like, I'm like, holy shit. And so all of a sudden I start to feel, am I worthy enough? Is he going to leave me? Who is this woman? Um, like, she's not even that pretty. <laughs> and just like, you know, whatever comes yeah, up for totally. me in that process. And then I would be like, okay, I would look to the astrology. Okay. I see that the moon is in Scorpio or sorry, it's in cancer in the eighth house um, for me. And so I know that, okay, so I am actually, there's going to be themes of intimacy, themes of merging, themes of Scorpio houses mixed with my emotional safety mm. of the day. So what do I do for ritual space? I would go into my room. I would make sure I'm alone. I'm safe, whatever. I put on candles, incense, music, and I would see what happens. So whether that is meditating or, you know, crying, pulling to tarot cards, Oracle cards, journaling, uh, screaming into a pillow, dancing, you know, maybe I'm dancing and I'm, and I start crying, then I'll continue to dance and release that. Or maybe it's like rolling around on the ground and embodying like shame and, and being not beautiful enough or, or whatever it is. Um, but there's like an actual process of looking at the thing, like really like looking at it, making intentional time for it and then moving through it and receiving messages from the divine, whether it's through channeling and embodiment, whether it's through tarot and Oracle cards, whether it's through astrology, whether it's through journaling, the higher self, whatever, and actually integrating that, like not just being like, okay, cool. Yeah. Thanks. We'll be like figured it out. It's <laughs> actually this like I'm listening to you and thank you. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this growth. Thank you for this clarity. And I'm going to keep going. And that process, nobody really taught me that. I was actually just doing it. And I realized that that was a form of witchcraft because a form of witchcraft is actually reclaiming your personal power, being in alignment with the cycles of the universe and using magic. <laughs> so uh, that that's what I would recommend. I, I <laughs> love that. I really do. And I love how you said just like, yeah, taking the moment, not just waiting for the cycle. Yeah. See what's happening that day in the astrology world, but like just, you know, taking that that ritual with whatever shows up in that moment, you know, and that's really is truly in alignment with just the planets. And I guess that's in some ways what I do as you're talking. I'm like, okay, I, in a quote unquote, doing it right, right? I mean, I've been doing, you know, different rituals for many years. And, but to myself, sometimes it is just that. And I would just be like, oh, it's just the Gemini. I'm all over the place. But a lot of times I'll just sort of go like where, you know, just like you said, I enter a room, light some candles, get comfortable, and then just allow whatever comes up, whatever process, that's what I work with. And I think, and I love, and again, you're, you, your work, what's your Mercury in? Because you're very good at like explaining things in a very elicate, but like, I don't know. I love the way you say things, the way you describe and talk oh, about things. Thank you. Uh, I have Venus and Aquarius, or sorry, Venus and Aquarius conjunct Mercury and Aquarius in the third house. Okay. Oh, and in the third house communication. Okay. Well, you do a very good job at, at getting things across and explaining things very well. And in a very, like, again, like I said, like almost like a very elegant, deep way. Oh, thank you. I will. I'm very proud of my Mercury in the third house. I think it's what makes me <laughs> very intelligent and also with people that social uh, dynamic, but I, no offense to the Mercury and Pisces people, but I was like, I've had like jokes of just being super <laughs> grateful to not have Mercury and Pisces. <laughs> Because I think it can be like a little bit uh, complicated, overly mystical. Yeah. Um, and that I'm really happy to actually have more of a scientific and nerdy yeah. um, and intellectual approach to to life. Um, as much as I love the Pisces archetype, Mercury yeah. Pisces is a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would say with my Mercury and Gemini, I love it. But as you know, Mercury and Gemini, I can be very like either to the point or I'm really not fully explaining something. I'm explaining half of it in my head and half of it out of my mouth. And I'm like, you know, you know, but you know, so, or um, I'll be like, we said, we kind of talked about that mercury a little bit. I can be super into something, which is a very mercury way. And, and then all of a sudden I'm like, eh, whatever, I don't even care anymore. On to the next thing, you know, and that totally. sometimes I love it, but also, and it's what I'm so interested in people and the movements and the mind and how that works. But sometimes it can be really hard to like hold on to things and including words. I'm really, totally. my best thing is talking, but it also can, you know, sometimes my mind will take over and get lost. 
Right. I mean, that sounds like getting into the body, right? That sounds like embodiment practices because mm-hmm. Gemini is at home or Mercury's at home in Gemini sign, but you know, uh, Mercury in Aquarius is actually exalted. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there, there can be different levels of understanding the mind. And I think that that's, what's so amazing about astrology is that when you can understand how your mind actually yes. operates, that's what creates transformation with astrology, which is so amazing is the sheer understanding of what you're working with your karmic placements whatever it is that's what actually creates the transformation is knowing like okay this is my mercury and gemini how am i going to work with this it's awareness you know if we bring it back to like meditation or monks or whatever like it's awareness that's what astrology helps to define yes and so many good feelings not just good feelings but changes and shifts and vibrations help just from awareness you know sometimes i'll have clients be like why do you want to know and i'm like you don't even understand the peace and freedom that can come from knowing and once you know that you'll want to walk a path of self-awareness however it looks now what why'd you move to bali from canada to bali back to canada what how is bali i I mean I, i feel like i would love that little pisces sun transition Oh, uh, yeah, I, I, my Pisces life is very (laughs) nomadic. Um, so I had been to Bali before, but actually I was paying attention to the transits in 2020 and I was pretty nervous and, um, I was with my partner in Victoria and I said, we need to get out of here before November 17th, uh, cause something's going to happen here. And I think it's going to be a second lockdown. I don't want to be here. Um, and so I was building my business and I got the right connections. And so I ended up moving to Bali during the pandemic because I wanted to escape uh, the vibes. I was not into the vibes. I was like, can't handle this energy. Yeah, totally. Too fear-based. I totally agree <laughs> uh, with you. <laughs> I'm going somewhere else, like peace. And I always wanted to live in Bali. And so November 17th hit, we we traveled to Bali around like November 11th. Uh, November 17th hit, they announced a second lockdown on wow. that day in, uh, in Victoria. So I was super happy to be in Bali. And we lived there for the past couple of years. And it was amazing. You know, I really like, wow, I just got everything I needed from it. Like really wanted to live out that tropical lifestyle and really just created the most unbelievable sisterhood and friendships and entrepreneurs and just have this like really fun, unbelievable lifestyle, never needing to make my own food and having cleaners around the house and just being in villas all day and pools. And, you know, it was, it was so fun, but there's also a lot to Bali that people don't see and don't know, um, on Instagram and Mm. stuff like that. What's that? What's that side? Oh God, don't get me started. (laughs) A couple cliff notes. I do a big rant about it. Uh, I talk about, I did an episode on my move from Bali to Canada on my podcast. Yeah. Uh, My podcast is called Words Are Spells. Words Are Spells. Oh yeah. We'll make sure we get Um, all those details. (laughs) If you like me ranting, uh, there's there's a lot of that. Listen to your poetic voice. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I, I mean, there's so much like, you know, you don't really uh, walk around in Bali. Uh, and I know that sounds weird, but I took for granted like walking. Um, so you're always on a scooter just because it's actually just more safe and efficient to just constantly be on a scooter. What do you so mean safe? Really, uh, I mean, there's stray dogs. on the Oh, roads. really? Uh, there's just like people literally everywhere um there's trash there's it's dirty um there there you know sometimes it's just torrential downpour of rain or you're it's rice fields and it's like you know you you just you're scooting everywhere it's just the lifestyle like you go to a restaurant down the street you're just gonna bring your scooter (laughs) so um yeah, I was kind of getting annoyed with the scooter lifestyle. Uh, everybody just getting in accidents and my friends ending up in the hospitals. And it's just really sketchy. Like your life is in fucking danger the second wow. you get on that bike. Like, yeah, um, lots of people don't. And are helmet. people just driving like crazy everywhere? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no rules. Yeah, there's no <laughs> there's no rules. Um, you know, people are going down the wrong street. They're going down one way is the wrong way. I mean, I'm super guilty of this. Yeah. But um, yeah, like, you know, I think like Bali is actually like a super safe place. Like yeah. it is really, really safe. But the most dangerous things there, I would say, are the nature. Uh, so like the earthquakes, volcanoes, uh, tsunami potentials. Um, and I would definitely say that the cops are really unsafe. The cops? Uh, de- yeah, they're oh, very shit. unsafe. Really? Yeah. Like just crooked cops? 
yeah, they just try to like, you know, pull you over and take your money or oh, they'll shit. bribe you or they, they're just sketchy. Um, I definitely like ran away from the cops many times. <laughs> I'm like, not today. Like, <laughs> Um, there you go sounds like crazy but that's actually like what you're supposed to do um if anybody travels to bali don't stop when the cops try to stop you just damn just keep going (laughs) just keep going what are the jails like or do they not really throw people in jail they just sort of like oh whatever uh they just try to get your money but if you're being like sassy and weird then anyway so that's like yeah and so like the weather is so intense if you're there in rainy season it is like you can't even imagine like i remember sleeping so many nights just being absolutely petrified because it sounds like there's gunshots like in my room and it's just the thunder and the lightning and you're just flooding and it's you know and then you wake up in the morning and everything you own is moldy like everything you own and you're I remember I went to go record a podcast episode and I was like are you serious my freaking microphone wire was covered in mold oh and my I was god like, I can't do this just because the human yeah you don't even think about any of that definitely none of that is on instagram about bali none of that exactly exactly and there's like you know the dark side of the influencers yeah of course you know everybody's just on their phone all the time and people are just like yeah the the they're like models are are out like they're they're out (laughs) is it expensive once you're there like to do things and live or it's not too bad it depends where you live like obviously bali's a third world country and it has that tropical uh, lifestyle, but it, it, it's definitely cheaper. It depends. Like if you want to live more local Balinese style, like in like a shitty little villa, like, yeah, it can be cheap, but I live in BC now. It's one of the most expensive places in the world. But yeah, yeah. when I was living in Bali, like I wasn't cooking or cleaning. I'll say that. Um, I never like wore a sweater. I only wore like a poncho from the rain. I never got cold, but there's things to Bali that, you know, like the healthcare system, like you're fucked. Like if you have anything wrong with you, Oh, like, you know, you can't really get a doctor or like you can you can text a doctor and they'll come to your house for 20 bucks, but they'll just like give you weird medication. And so, you know, my digestion was always bad. And there was just like things that I was just like missing Western life. Like you can't really order like packages. You can't really like shop online, you know, and what you got in Bali is like what what's there. Um, so that there's there's stuff. What an experience. That's weird, you know? It's an experience. It's it's also weird because like being in Bali, like the the Balinese people are literally angels. Like they are the nicest humans on the planet, and I'm fully. I they're probably my favorite culture like Aww. ever. Like they're literal angels, but they're also just fully serving you. You wow. know, they're just in fully serving the foreigners, and there's something weird about that for me. And uh, I had like a, a Balinese woman, a friend of mine, on my podcast, and. I asked her about that. I was like, how does it feel to just be in like constant service, you know? And she was like, I love it. Like, I just, I'm so happy that that we have jobs and that we, and I'm just like, oh, you guys are such fucking angels. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, there's some weird shadow stuff, um, but Bali is amazing. But for me, like, I thought it was going to be like my permanent home. I sold all my belongings wow. like when I moved there and um, I think now it'll just be like, I'll go and visit every, um, every year and see my, my people. And, you know, I want to run retreats there for sure, but living full time, you'll go fucking crazy. I don't know what it is. Like, it's just so intense. So you got to use it as an escape. And then it also feels like it probably for someone with like a sun Saturn conjunction too, even though it's in Pisces still a little bit, there wasn't enough, you know, there has to be a little bit. And probably you just, like you said, you got sick of just all of the wishy-washy everywhere, essentially. Yeah, I think I really actually miss the seasons. Oh, yeah. um, I really like felt like, okay, if I'm an astrologer and I'm a witch, like I want to be experiencing seasons, which I never thought in my whole life wow. because I always, I've been always chasing the sun my whole life. And I always had this narrative that I hate winter and this and that. And so I really created that story for me. And then during the Sag season, I've just felt like I've expanded my belief system so much of like, winter's not that bad. And 
you know, here, this is a, this is a ski town. This is a snowboard town. So it actually becomes alive in the winter. And so I'm really rewriting this narrative of like always wanting to be in the sunshine and whatever. And like that, that was one thing, but there's also like, I was really missing like this creativity and the weirdness and festivals and this kind of like darker culture. Like I literally felt like a black sheep, yeah. you know? And I felt like, everybody in Bali is just dressing in white all the time. And they're like in this goddess, like tribal happiness, which is, which is great, you know, for a bit, but I was like, okay, let's like, let's like not just heal all the time. Let's just like get a little bit darker, get a bit weirder. Let's Let's just just fucking be. Yeah. So, you know, that, that was just my experience. I obviously love Bali more than anything, but to be there and only there, it was just, a, it was time to go. And it was so funny because people were like, thought I was crazy when I was moving to Bali. And then they thought I was crazy to leave <laughs> Bali. And it's like everything I do, people are going to think it's crazy. So I'm just like, they don't understand. Like, they're like, why would you leave paradise and blah, 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 blah. Why would you move to a third world country? And so I'm just like, I'm like, I'm just flowing. I love all the flavors of life. And it's just, I've, this has like been the best decision I've ever made to move here almost as so though in, in Canada. So I love I that. Know. <laughs> I mean, I think I, you're getting all the, and as all my mercury, I love that. I'm all about just sort of experiencing and shifting and going And for me. That sounds like quite an experience that again, you're still like taking in the creative influence from that experience now that you're back in Canada. And I've been in Pennsylvania my entire life, one side of Pennsylvania, Western Pennsylvania, and now I'm outside of uh, Philadelphia, Eastern Pennsylvania. So all I've known is the seasons and I love them. I mean, there's a time I went through winter, but I realized that winter is like the, we're like, we're meant to go inward. We're meant to go into darkness. We're meant to go alone. And I, it's scary for a lot of people because then they can't, you know, they can't run from themselves as much as you can when the sun is out. And I've also learned to appreciate it because it's like the most quiet and still my life will be that entire year. You know, once March kicks up, I'm like, okay. And then it's 24 seven after that so true i'm actually doing this year-long course right now um it's like a witch of the year type of thing it's like living cyclically something i want to offer as well because it's just so cool and to hear this woman teaching about yeah the different phases that we're supposed to be in and like right now is actually this like deep death you know it's like this this time where we feel like things aren't really put together properly and we're kind of just floating along and it feels like we might not even come out of the darkness and that's actually all intentional that's how we're supposed to be we're not really supposed to be starting new projects right now or just like manifesting like crazy or just like riding full high like that's actually what the summer is for and this is more of the time of like introspecting and building and planning and going inwards and being slow and methodical and releasing what doesn't serve and there is that death process that we don't really acknowledge which is actually pretty gruesome right if you think about actual death it's dark and smelly and it, it, it it's ugly and that's kind of the phase that we're in right now is just this this decay and I think that so many of us desire oh my god the rebirth and oh my god expansion but there's this decaying of one what once was that we don't really want to let go or we want more answers or we want you know you know what I mean totally absolutely and and we have to feel that you know so much of us it's like a lot of people want to run away and hide that but so much important of just like processing emotions in general is just feeling that you know you gotta feel to heal or to let go and like you know we talked about that a little bit on this episode a few times you mentioned it but you have to sort of be in it you just have to be in it and and allow the process to to unfold but yeah i don't know i kind of thrive somewhat in like the like i don't know i've learned and i think it's the virgo rising virgo moon there's a part of me where i have to like mentally prepare myself so I already know like I can I've learned I'm like okay so if I'm gonna feel this darkness I'm gonna make sure that I'm sort of in control of it in control quote unquote and I thrive in it you know so there's a lot of that like Virgo is like always trying to mentally figure out and how to also process right it's much more guarded than Gemini and there's this um you know, it's the guarded earth sign. So there's like, okay, I need to know so I can feel sort of grounded in my emotions and feelings. So I'm going to like just fucking sit here and tough it out and predict things, you know? So there's like, I sort of thrive 
I don't know, a little bit, and I think you do too, I can tell. You're not thrive. Yeah, I can thrive and sit in the darkness. And two, I totally. think both you and I have an idea of how much creative beauty comes after the darkness. Yes, I think that I I actually realize like I really like feeling yeah. and I'm really like okay with feeling intensity. Like, you know, I actually like think I hit a world record of like crying every day for the past two weeks recently. <laughs> um, and I actually really like it. It's really yeah. weird. Like maybe you call that Pisces, whatever Scorpio you want, but like there's something that makes me feel like alive and I'm like, okay, well, if I shut these down or if I pretend they don't exist, like they're just going to take hold of me anyway. So like feeling it at fully is just feels like it's almost like orgasmic. Yes. It's like something that is so intense. And I agree with you with what you're saying about your archetypes because Virgo is the assimilator, right? Yeah. Virgo is constantly assimilating information and people and things. Is this, is this well, is this working well? Yes. And actually that's why Virgo rules the digestion because it's constantly assimilating and deciding what is waste and what is positive and helpful. So that totally makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, you know, this episode is ending now, but I feel like I wish we were talking for another two hours. You know, thank you for me just having this experience with you. Like, um, I, I was very tired before my kids woke me up at five this morning and I've been going all day and I was very tired, but I knew, you know, I can just jump in and talk, but like with you and feeling the energy of this conversation, I, I personally feel very inspired. Um, I feel very energized. I feel very open. I feel very awake. So thank you for that. And I know my listeners will feel the same. Now tell everyone about about your podcast, where they can find you, what kind of courses and classes you do. Give us all the deets. Oh, well, thank you so much for saying that. I feel the same. And it's been amazing talking to you. Yeah, I, I'm mostly active on Instagram. I'm luna.veronica.mystic. If you follow me, please be careful of all the spam accounts. Oh my God, They're I know going I really hard on me. My real account, it's pretty easy to understand what it is. I have around 15,000 followers. That's my real account. Just be careful out there. I'll never DM you asking for money. <laughs> my listeners uh, get warnings. Me. They get warnings about this because it's crazy. I get hit with it. And I've actually gotten a few of your fake people. And I uh, people oh. I know, I just, I just report it and then block them. So they're not. And it's really insane. Sorry not to interrupt you, but it's really insane what's happening with all that. It's. It's just like they're harassing my followers. It's horrible. And it's, yeah. it, at the same time that this has been happening, I've been seeing like a decrease in my following. So it's just like annoying. Yes. But yes. anyways, um, so yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram. I have a podcast called Words Are Spells that can be found on iTunes or Spotify. It's pretty epic. Um, and I'm going to subscribe yeah, right I'm, now. I'm, sorry, say again. I said I'm going to subscribe right now. Oh, yay. Don't forget to review, like, subscribe, all the things. All the things, baby. And what kind of courses do you have? So I'm actually launching the next round of the Academy of Witchcraft. So this is like going to be super, super amazing. And it's my favorite offering. I haven't done it in a while. So it's super cool. It's for anybody who wants to learn how to be a witch and live a magical life. So I teach about how to set up an altar and be in ritual space and spell casting, uh, the phases of the moon. I teach all of the tarot cards and how to read professionally. Uh, and I even teach a basics of astrology. So we have the pre-recorded um, educational lessons, and then we meet once a week and we do the rituals together. We we practice on each other in uh, a coven. So that that is going to be launching in January. If you want to know about that or you want to, you just want more information, just feel free to message me um on instagram and just say that you you know listen to me on colleen's podcast and you want to learn more and yeah or you can go to my website which is www.lunaveronica.com but instagram is is the best way um, where you sign up for my newsletters all the things and yeah i just i'm just so happy to connect you know feel free to reach out just say hi and I'm a real person behind the the scam accounts. Oh, my God, those scam accounts. Oh, my God. Well, thank you, Luna. This has been an amazing episode. You have been, again, all those things I just said. I am vibing high. I know everyone who's listening to this episode, when it comes out, which you guys are listening to it right now, um, you guys will be vibing high. So thank you again for coming on to the show. Thank you so much. 
All right. Thank you, everyone. I love you. Have a good week and goodbye.